This is live coverage of the 2021 Steelers minicamp live from Heinz Field on your 24-7 home for the Steelers. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. We are back live from Steelers minicamp here at Heinz Field. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And uh, Matt, um, I I wrote about this uh, today on uh, DKPittsburghSports.com and and, uh, – People can't get enough Najee Harris, first of all. No, I'm sure. And I get it. I'll be honest. uh, There was a little bit of fanboy in me today. First thing I did, I sat next to you in the press box, grabbed my uh, binoculars. I'm like, where's Harris? I don't see Harris. You you know what I mean? The same is true every year with the first-round pick. But I wanted to see the long arms and the body type and watch them do running back drills. That was the first thing I did. Yeah, uh, Eddie Faulkner was was asked if the story that Ben Roethlisberger told uh, two weeks ago about – him having to tell Najee Harris, hey, Najee, it's time to go home. Oh, okay. Right? He said, yeah, it's true. And I said, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all for the, uh, the hard work and, and extra effort. I'm all for that. I love it. Uh, but he also has to learn to give himself breaks, too. Mm-hmm. He works his butt off, so there has to be time for reward. Go home. Relax. Watch TV. Do something other than football. <laughs> Be a little more well-rounded in your life. Yeah. A little, a little uh, bit. Yeah. So with him being a guy who's always so engaged, always after it, always wanting to do drills, I'm trying to teach him sometimes you have to take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Is that a concern with a player, do you think? I don't know. I, I'm. What's funny is I had read all those things in Dane Brugler's Guide and yeah. people that have interviewed him. And but I you think, read that about a lot of guys. You do. He's the first in the building and the last to leave. And, okay, right, right, right. Yeah. Sure you are. You know, I mean, and some <laughs> of that's you know, smoke. But there was a couple sources that say he's the type of guy you have to hide his helmet, you know. Yeah. And my first thought, and I know that's a bad word around here, was Antonio Brown. Yeah. Uh, you know, and – uh, I think it was maybe his greatest asset as a player. I mean, you were around AB more than I was, but, you know, he was a, what, six-round pick that turned into maybe the best receiver in the league. It wasn't because he, you know, took took it easy. Yeah, it wasn't because he went home and watched TV and kicked the feet up and, right, right, right. you know, ate Cheetos again. I, I mean, I'm sure that there's some other examples that go the wrong way. I mean, remember, like, Todd Marinovich, you know, he wasn't allowed yeah. to eat McDonald's as a kid and was groomed and, you know, Never got out, and you know, I think that there's uh, something to that too. Or some See, of that to me is is different though, because that's 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 parenting. That's parents and, forcing yeah. the kid to do it. Right. This is this is an instance where the guy wants to do it. If that's his passion, you know, by no means am I comparing myself to Antonio Brown or to Harris. You know, who are you know light years ahead of me in this regard. But people often ask me. How many hours a week do you work? I'm like, well, the answer is really none. Because <laughs> if I was an accountant, I'd be listening to NFL podcasts to and from, from work. I'd be reading articles. I'd be watching stuff. When I'm in the bathroom, I'm doing, you know, like. Yeah. So if that's what you love and you're lucky enough to get paid to do it for your life, that's wonderful. As lo- but my body's not going to break down from listening to too many podcasts right, or reading yeah. too many articles. Well, you or might lose your hearing. Much. And yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> you know, um, so I do think that's a little bit of a concern. And there's so much more sports science nowadays that they monitor workloads and things like that, that I'll be curious in camp. Might we have some might you do some reporting that hmm, Najee Harris sat out the second half of practice today, you know, just because for his own good, you know, hiding his helmet from him, sort of, so to speak. Yeah, I don't know if they'll go that direction with him in terms of practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, the, you know, it's 
I, I do think that maybe they tell hey, look, you just need, again, as what, what Faulkner said, take some time away. Mm-hmm. You know, use this time after minicamp is over. Between minicamp and training camp, go get away. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, we need you. Hey, to, go fishing on the Mon or something. <laughs> we're going right, to yeah. need you fresh for 17 games. Especially that position. Yeah. And a rookie that's never done it, too. I mean, you bring this up a lot, too, with the extra game. Are we going to see one more running back on a lot of rosters around the league or you know, more load management for running backs than ever? Because they have a tough enough grind as it is. And this guy's a rookie that's never played that many games. And presumably, I would think he will be in – two or three of the preseason games. I mean, I don't know if I play him a lot in the early ones. So he's going to take – and, boy, he's going to get the ball. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Faulkner talked – he said, most of the time, and I'm going to go back to my entire career, you encourage people to spend extra time, come in and do extra work. I've not had to have one single conversation with Najee in that regard. He's always soaking it up, always wanting it. That's a coach's dream. He's a tail wagger like a dog. <laughs> That's what he is in terms of his ambition and want to learn. He said, that's fun as a coach. Usually, you're, you're like, as a coach, you'd rather say, whoa, than sick him. Oh, of course. Of course. You don't want the cautious guy. You know, right? But in this case, you're like. There's also an extreme. Yeah. Right, right, right. And unlike A.B., you know, this guy was a five-star recruit and is not that A.B.'s not gifted, but he was, you know, he's incredibly gifted, um, didn't have to work to bite and scratch and everything to, to get, you know, ahead uh, uh, necessarily. Although winning the running back job at Bama, no matter where you came from, is no easy chore, yeah. to say the least. Not only that, but but earning early playing time as a freshman at yeah. Bama, yeah, yeah, yeah. with what they had, I mean, you had like four other NFL backs on that roster. They probably have four more that we haven't heard of yet, too. Right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Coming there's, up from there's the There's going to have guys this right. year that come in and, and, and carry the load for them this year. Being that guy, we, we talked about it in the pre-draft stuff with the cornerback there. Yeah, um, you know this guy got on the field early at, at Bama and Absolutely. started with started right. early. Certain really hard, hard to do. Najee Harris did it. He did it too. Yeah, right. I mean he could have came out a year ago too. I mean, right. surprised a lot of us if that he him had gone back. If he had gone to Ole Miss or he had gone mm-hmm. to Pitt or Penn State sure. or any Good of those good schools, but not yeah. Bama, right? You know he's a six thousand yard back coming out of you know after his third year and you know all time leading rusher in the college yeah. and those type of things, right? No, you're hundred percent right. Um, uh, of course, you'd much rather hear, boy, he's the hardest worker out there than, boy, this guy doesn't work hard at all. <laughs> I mean, of course. And but you do you hear the monitor. You hear some of that, of those those platitudes handed out this time of year. Oh, he's the first guy in the building, last yeah, guy yeah. out. Jerome Bettis in the best shape of his life. <laughs> you know, those but are, I believe it with this kid. I do, too. You, know, you get it from every angle. Yeah. I mean, you're, I'm hearing it from way too many people. When we sent Tom Reed out to to his yeah, hometown yeah, 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 yeah. In, in, you know, outside of uh, Oakland. With, and, right. You know, there's the coaching staff there, the high school coaching staff, are saying, yeah, we had to hide his helmet from him because mm-hmm. otherwise he'd be out there at 9 o'clock at night working uh, on his to own. To the point where it's a worry. Right. You know, that we have to have this conversation. And he was the pro. number one guy in the country <laughs> yeah. at running back. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, you're not, what, what are you doing to get better at that point? Sure. I mean, you can always improve, of course, and I'm sure he's very hard on himself. I'm sure he's a, a perfectionist in other walks of life, too. You know, I mean, it would be my hunch. But you don't want to be neurotic about it either, too. Or, you know, be a little more well-rounded and, you know, hopefully he can get away from the game at times and go home and play a video game or do whatever it is you like. You know, go hunting, go fishing, whatever it is you like, and just, you know, exhale a little bit, too. Yeah. You don't be that high-strung. So, that I mean, that's going to be the big key here, I think, after this thing is over. Um, you know, 
Mike Tomlin, I'm sure, is going to tell some of these young, some of the young, like that's the line you have to walk. That is a fine line. You know, but this is also the time of year people get in trouble. <laughs> you exactly. Know I mean? Yeah. Everyone's free this don't time let last you, year. Don't you? can't just let yourself go. Right. You, you know, think about it a year ago. I mean, this time of year, everybody was locked down. It wasn't like everyone's going to be out partying like crazy. I bet there's a lot of athletes right now pretty psyched to party it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which I get. I mean, I was that age. I mean, why not? You got yeah, money. I mean, you're, you're 23 years old. You've right. got money for the first time in your life. Right, I mean. right. I mean, but we're going to hear some bad stories around the league over the next six weeks or whatever. But you also don't want Najee just doing football the whole time. No. <laughs> yeah, no. So, interesting. Then you turn into Jack Nicholson in the uh, Shining. In the Shining. All work, All no, work play. no play. Yep. And it's funny. Like, it's easy to – See, I always have a hard time criticizing coaches or ranking coaches, but things like that are where Tomlin shines. You know, how to present that to your Knowing players. Knowing which buttons to push and how to push them. Right. You know, he's not this old 70-year-old guy with a stogie and, you know, gruff and can't relate to what they're actually going through. He probably tells them, hey, I'm going to have fun these six weeks too. I'm going to wherever, you know. Yeah. I'm going to have fun too. But be smart, realize what you got to lose and, you know. So I, I think those are one of his strengths that people don't talk about enough. Uh, we talked a little bit about some of the guys who uh, we talked about, Xavier Howard in the previous segment, not mm-hmm. being in camp with the uh, with the Dolphins. He's not the only guy across the league who yeah, – Some names are going to be popping Stephon up Stephon Gilmore. Uh, oh, right. Uh, Jamal Adams not in camp. Um, contract dispute guys. Yeah, the contract dispute guys. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers leading that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Uh, right. With, with the with, – uh, the, the uh, Texans. The allegations uh, so, and all that, right. Um, that's not the case here with the Steelers. Everybody, no, fortunately. Everybody's here who's right. supposed to be here. Stephon Tuitt was given the, uh, the, the, the time off uh, to deal with the, the death of his brother. Um, there's, I think there's something to be said for that as well. Yeah. This time of year that, like, you, contract disputes it's never. It's distraction season, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's one of the things, like, the Steelers didn't really have to go through this with Minka, but. With Adams, you give up two first-round picks for this guy. You have to pay him, you know, and he's making a little bit of a fuss about it already. I saw a, t- a tweet you know. actually from Jeremy Fowler, our our, our, sure. our friend. Uh, he tweeted out that Jamal Adams needs a new contract. No, Jamal Adams wants right, a new right. contract. Yeah. There's a difference here. Right, and he's a really good player. But is he going to be? Should he be the highest paid safety in the league? And you know he's kind of the Cam Chancellor in that defense, where the dude they traded for the Lions, Diggs, is a really good you know free safety type. It might be just as important, but he's not on Sports Center enough because he's a deep middle guy. You know, yeah. like, and you bring this up a lot because you've been around the Steelers so much. I mean, you give him a ton, and everyone on defense thinks, oh, he's our second or third best defensive right. player, but he's by far the best paid. These guys are human beings, too. You start looking around the locker room. Everyone knows what everyone makes. Right. There's a, a balance to that. that that's that the pecking order. Really yeah, that, yeah, that pecking order. That's, you know, that's you should bring why. up a Troy a lot. You yeah. know, we're not paying you more than Troy. <laughs> I mean, you that's, might. That, that's why when the, you, know, the, you're very, you have to be very cognizant of the contract itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see a lot of stuff, and the agents will put it out there. You know, this is a four-year, right. four, four $62 but he's only going to get the first two years of it. Yeah, and, and you can't go in front of the team and be like, guys, he's only getting the first two years of it. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just read the headlines, like, that guy's getting $62 million and he's not, I'm, I might be better than him, you know, and I'm yeah. making nothing compared to him. You know, there's a fine line with that, too, and the balance within the team and 
all that structuring is something this organization is really good at and cognizant of where some teams are just buying boardwalk and park place and whatever looks fancy that day. And, Speaking of which, yeah, that leads us to the Patriots. Yeah. Went out and spent a bunch of money this offseason. To make up for some troubles. Right? Yeah, to make up for some roster deficiencies. Yeah. Now the one area where they've been good and have been good is, is within that secondary with Stephon Gilmore. And now you have Stephon Gilmore saying, hey, yeah. What about me? What about me? You I know, was I was a defensive MVP the last two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. Years ago, right. I'm the guy. I'm 30 years old. We, we've already, you know, we mm-hmm. heard, is he going to get traded at the trade deadline? They're not as good a team without Stephon Gilmore. No, right. I mean, that's the one position before this year that they go outside the organization for Revis. You yeah. know, I mean, for a shutdown number one corner that's a defensive MVP type of player. And they played against him all the time at Buffalo. And he's played his best for New England. But he's getting a little up in age, and New England's notorious for, you know, Brady aside. Getting rid of those guys early instead yep, of late. Yep. You know, Richard Seymour, we trade him for a first-round pick, even though he probably has two or three good years. We don't want to be, you know, a year too late on that. And I wonder if they tested the waters on Gilmore. You know, who's is anyone want to buy him? I mean, he's, he's already making a lot. So I don't think he's going to get cut. I, I don't know. I mean, it's funny because they're not nearly as big a deals, but two other guys that could have been – on the move were Jamison Crowder in New York and uh, Daniel Hunter with the the Vikings. And no one really talked about Hunter because Rodgers and Julio were dominating. And Hunter's coming back off an injury. He's coming back off an injury, but he wanted, you know, he, you know, he he wanted a a new contract too. And apparently they worked that out. Crowder, you know, they basically get made him take a big pay cut because I don't think anybody's buying slot receivers at the moment because so many came as, out in the draft as and, juju found out as juju <laughs> find out yeah the slot receiver market's not great so he's gonna take a pay cut and go back you know but um those are the kind of things that are kind of working out this time of year yeah so uh, those, that's gonna, don't have any of them. it's gonna be interesting great. to watch uh you know some how some of these things play out again you know if you're if you're Xavier howard you're the dolphins best defensive player and they give jerome baker 13 million dollars a year you're yeah. going Wait a second here. I wonder if one thing had something to do with the it other. It may have, like, right. yeah, because that just got done. You're like, uh, what about me? Yeah, you I'm know? picking balls off left I was, and right. And you know, Xavier Howard was one of the, I believe, he was one of the finalists last year for the great year. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, he's been better and better every year. He's a former first round pick. I mean, he follows number one receivers a lot, takes the ball away. They're the exact Patriot defense. He's the Gilmore. He's the Revis. You know what I mean? Like, and oh, by the way, they they gave Byron Jones a lot of money last right. off season yeah. too to be the two. You yeah, know, like, hey, I'm the one, and you just paid the, <laughs> him more than me. That's a perfect example. That's the, of the, that's the example the, of the yeah. upsetting the apple cart in the locker room. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I can live with that for a year. You bring in a guy, but I outplayed him, and yeah. I was the better guy, and you just made him one, like the richest corner in the league. What about me? Yeah. yeah, right. Oh, by the way, you drafted me. I played my whole career here. I've been right. the good soldier. Like, I've done know. everything that you've asked yeah. of me and more. So, and, I, yeah. and, and I think that goes to to the point, uh, you know. Just, uh, a lot of people, and, we, and Terrell Evans spoke this morning, mm-hmm. and a lot of people thought when the Steelers didn't pick up his fifth-year option. I was thinking that safety that, dynamic. You know, oh, well, the Steelers don't like him. They blew that draft pick. Right. He said, no, look, Mike Tomlin called me and said, you know, hey, we're not going to pick up your fifth-year option, but we love you. We, you're, you're part of our plans, mm-hmm. our long-term plans. We just couldn't pay you that. Yeah, 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 which isn't blowing smoke. No. I mean, there's nothing to gain by lying to the player if that's not right. true. I mean, I think that's 100% true. And I think he'll be the first to even tell you, Minka's the, the – Minka's the one. Minka's the one. Yeah. I'm the two. You know, I mean – But you it, can't wrap up – you can't tie up – even though they have cap space next year, 
tying up doesn't eight, mean to use it poorly. Yeah, tying up eighteen million dollars in your two starting safeties is not a good uh, a good use of cap space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent right. And, and I wonder what if they would have had a lot of cap space this year. I wonder if they'd have paid Bud. You know, like it sounds great on the surface, but if you give him a Titans like contract, yeah, you give him the twenty million dollars or eighteen right. and a half or whatever it was. And TJ knows his is coming. He's just a year later. But that's still a little hairy, you know. Like yeah. it's clearly you're the second best player at that position. And are you, you know? going to wrap up again, f- almost 45 40, forty million or, or forty five right. plus million dollars in two, two edge players, and two edge rushers that play the same division. position? Right, right. You know, um, the 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 better dynamic is to have. Okay, if you're going to have the star, you got to have somebody. And the nice thing to you do have is some cheap labor there. Draft them a couple years between yeah. them. You know, I mean, if you can keep hitting on draft picks, of course, which is easier said than done. It's tough, like when you draft two of them year after year, because then boom, I gotta pay him, and then they're gonna say, "Hey, I'll pay you the next one." You know th- those type of things. Um, you know, it, we mentioned Jamal Adams. Well, one of the reasons Jamal Adams isn't a Jet anymore is because they like Marcus May better. You know, yeah. The the general public thinks Adams is the way better player. Well, he gets a splash play. Yeah, he, he gets sacks and whatnot. They, it's they it's the Devin White May. versus Levante David. Yeah, argument. exactly, exactly. Well, he, he has a splash plays, right? But he makes those splash plays because Levante David's doing all the, the all the hard dirt, stuff. all the yeah, yeah all the yeah. hard stuff. Yep. So they franchise May, and they're tra- talking extension with him now. But they didn't want to give Adams a huge contract while the they value May. You know, they they all sit in those defensive media rooms yeah. and realize he's got the harder job. He's the one that the team values more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's a hard dynamic in this in this game. And you, and you can't. You can't go to the player and say, hey, he's better than you. I always wonder how those contract <laughs> negotiations really go. When yeah. It's just an agent and your cap guy or whatever. And are some teams just flat out honest saying, you're the second best safety on the team. We're not paying you like you're number one. We still like you. Yeah. I mean, that's not necessarily a slap in the face. I think you have to have I, some I think honest it, negotiations. Yeah, I think if you're honest the entire time mm-hmm. with the player. And the players they, know. Yeah. You know, I mean, like uh, Terrell, Ed- Terrell Edmonds knows that he's not making Fitzpatrick. I'm sure uh, he has to. You know, I mean, I'm sure, and, and the other ten out there with him know and yeah. the way the coaches treat them and all those things. And you know, so uh, it's kind of like the Moneyball thing. Like, I think sometimes they, they don't give players enough credit for being as knowledgeable and dialed in with the game as they are. Because, like, the, my Moneyball example is, you know, Brad Pitt sitting there telling the kid, someday you're gonna have to cut players. He's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm a cap guy. I'm not cutting anybody. He's like, well, how do I do it? Like, just tell them to cut. You know, don't yeah. dance around it. You've been traded to the Tigers. Bye. Here's who you call. Boom. You cut you. See ya. Done. Gone. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for being honest. I got to yeah. go do all my life's work. You know. Okay. Didn't you have that job at Cleveland? Not the cutting part, but the the guy. Go- Did you have the job? That, who was the Turk? I was not the Turk. You were not the Turk. I, I did some not-so-nice things as a director of football ops at Akron. Okay. You know, we had some, like, tryouts and kids that really wanted to be on the team, and they had no business being on the team <laughs> and, you know, some of that type of things, yeah. So, yeah, I've had to be the bad guy once in a while. But yeah. I don't mind it. Yeah, say hello to the bad guy. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, at some point, no matter who you are, somebody is going to tell you, whether it be somebody else or your body, Mm-hmm. He's going to tell you you're done playing. Right, right, right. You know, I, I always tell kids that when, I, when I'm coaching. Another money ball clip there, right. Play as long as you can play until somebody tells you you can't. Mm-hmm. It'll, be you, it'll be yourself. It'll be a coach. You know, your body. There aren't uh, many like, Tebow I, examples yeah. where they just bring you back from. No. You know, it, and even at that, somebody's going to tell Tim Tebow at some point, hey, Tim, it's done. Yeah, please, you we'll know. be done, right. Uh, but 
Yeah, and at the same time, I think that honesty goes a long way towards helping with the contract negotiations. I think that's what's happening with Aaron Rodgers right now. I think a lot of it I is, don't know that right. the Packers were real honest with him when it came to, hey, yeah, we're going to draft a quarterback here. Right, and, and I also think he's seen his friends be treated poorly. Jordy Nelson, yeah. um, for example, the, the center, Lindsley. Like, maybe they had no intention of bringing Lindsley back. He, had, he was he's the highest-paid center in the league. But I pretty much know as a fact, it's been reported from several people, the Packers never had another word with him after he left the building for the last time. Like, just not like, hey, we're not interested. There was no communication at all. Boom, he's gone. I guess I'm not welcome back. I'll go sign with the Chargers. By contrast, you see what happened with the Steelers and Tyson Alulu. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, he he agreed to the deal with with the, the, the Jaguars, and yet the Steelers stayed in contact with him, both the players and coaches, like, hey, you know, you haven't signed yet. This Hope is, you're the best. We'd yeah. love to have you back. You know, right. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, do you think Lindsley's ever going to go play for the Packers again? Or, you know, and Rodgers is in such a unique situation, too, because he was the Jordan love. I mean, yeah. he saw how Favre was treated. Absolutely. Like, he saw it. I, I've been on both ends of this thing. I've seen a lot of people in between be, you know, not, you know, handled properly. And I think a lot of it with that says, team. And he says, I don't want to be traded to the Jets. No, right, right. And bounce <laughs> around in the Vikings and all this stuff. But I think a big thing with that team, which is the total opposite here, they don't have an owner. You know, it'd be different. Who's in charge? Who's in charge? You know, like, (laughs) I was having this conversation on my podcast, and I'm sitting at my bar where I do my podcast, and I have this picture of Bradshaw with this huge-ass chew in his mouth. And Mr. Rooney, the chief, is leaning in with a big-ass cigar, and Bradshaw's lighting it up. You know, and it's probably 1982 or something like that. You know, they've obviously won some time at this point. And I'm sitting there thinking, come having this conversation with Rogers, like, there's nobody there for Aaron to do that. There's yeah. a board, you know, and there's not a family that says, you know, that welcomed them on board right away and has shown generation after generation, this is how we do it. You know what I mean? Like, I bet that really hurts that organization. Yeah, I think that does to, to a degree for sure. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, I, I, that, that's going to be one that uh, is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, but, again, that honesty. Mm-hmm. that you have with, with players, I think goes a long way. Your Edmonds uh, example is a great one. Yeah. You know, like, it's not business, you know, it's not super feasible business and, and, and dollar-wise. Here's the other part of that equation. It wasn't, say, Omar Khan making that call. Hey, hey right. coach really right, loves right, you. Right, he, right. No, it was Mike Tomlin taking the time. It wasn't the, the defensive yeah. back coach. It wasn't right. the defensive coordinator. It's the top guy yeah. who's not going anywhere, you know, who's very uh, involved with all those decisions. And it wasn't a Jarvis Jones-like player either. That yeah. you know, it wasn't a miss. You know, it's just yeah. It, it, I think Edmonds will be a Steeler for another contract. Yeah, I think so as well. And I think you know, if if it doesn't work out, it it, it just have a terrible year. Yeah, Who knows? I mean, but um, but I, I think all intents, you know, all intentions are is that you know they'd like to have him back again. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have two young guys at that position that can grow together. Yeah, yeah. You know. That was a small, small problem, I think, with the Minka trade, is they're both at the same age, yeah. you know. It I goes mean, back to what we've talked about with the Browns. Stagger them a little bit. The Browns rebuilding. Okay, they had three first-round draft picks. <laughs> right, but they, they're all going to be up at the same time. And they, and they took, you know, they took Peppers and Joku and, and uh, Garrett. Garrett. Here too. Which, is, which sounds great on paper. Hey, we're gonna th- we got these three young guys mm-hmm. we can build around. Well, two years later, they get rid of Peppers. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to have to pay all three of these guys, you know, at, oh, at sure. the same time. And then they get, you know, and Joku's probably, you know, 
playing his last year there. And, and maybe the better example, because both these guys worked out, is they got Baker and Ward the next year. Yeah. And they're both top five picks, and they don't, probably don't want to move on from either. But all of a sudden, everybody Probably can't pay Ward. Probably can't pay Ward. Yeah. I mean, before you know, I mean, all these guys are making uh, big signing bonuses all at the same time. And that's great if, if they're great players. Sure. But if, you know, if they're if they're good players but not great players, all of a sudden, well, wait a second. You just We're in the same draft class, and you mm-hmm. gave him a big big contract. What about me? <laughs> I often think about, what if you were the 60s Packers or 70s oh. Steelers? Oh. <laughs> Swan and Stalls comes walking in your office the same year. Drafted like, the same year. Right. Yeah. You know, it, you know, think all, about all paying guys. a 74 draft class. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. right yeah. The whole, all of them. Like, all they're of all them. coming due at the same time, and you're like – Oh, hey. Right. And, yeah, we just paid the 73 draft class, which was pretty good, too. Or You know what I mean? Like, all those guys coming up together is impossible now. Yeah, it just just can't happen. Even if you're the best drafting team around. The Saints kind of had that issue. That one year was extreme. They had a a 2016 draft class, I believe. Kamara and Ramchek and Marcus Williams and Lattimore. Four big hits. Yeah, which is great. It's fantastic. Sure. But, <laughs> but, you know, they all come up at the same time. Yeah. And, yeah, it is definitely a difficult thing. And then they're so strange. Instead of the last two years, they've only made, like, nine picks total. Maybe because of that, knowing that. Maybe they think they're so good at drafting now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to move up for these couple guys. And I'm going to hit because I always hit because I'm so good. I don't need the depth guys. And then they have no cap space and they have no picks. I mean, it's a yeah. really weird situation. And no there. quarterback. And then they <laughs> right. got to watch Trey Hendrickson walk out the door. Right, and, right, yeah. right. And I thought they were going to get hit even harder this offseason. Yeah, they, they, somebody they brought that up on my, on my uh, live cues uh, yesterday. Like, how did the pack, how did the, or how did the Saints navigate this whole thing and not lose, like, everybody? Marcus Williams came back. And, yeah. You know, a couple guys that you thought would. But they lost Hendrickson, some, you know, some other guys. And mm-hmm. Breeze retired. And, you and, know. and I think they're in cap problems next year. I don't yeah, know they're not out of it. Right. I know they're, they're paying Breeze next year. And they kicked the can down the road a little bit more with some mm-hmm. of these guys. but As they always do. Yeah. You know. But, you know, the, kind of brings me, like, to the Julio trade. That That's a lot of money to take on. But if we think the cap's going to be 215 next year, that ain't so bad for Julio Jones, you know. Yeah, you right. You know what I mean? I mean, some of those deals. So there are some opposite situations, too, where, hey, we could trade for a contract right now. Or, you know, the Steelers could be in that situation a year from now where there's a good player out there that's not happy, and we can trade for a contract now if we make it work within the, the confines of the locker room and it doesn't upset the balance of power too much. I mean, they could be the team receiving that guy, which is odd for them. Yeah, yeah, uh, which brings me to uh, another guy that we've talked about a little bit in regards to um, the potential next quarterback. Yeah. And this guy comes up a lot because he plays for John Gruden, and John Gruden likes to cycle through his quarterbacks. Yeah, right. Uh, Derek Carr saying today that if if he's traded uh, away from the Raiders, he'd probably just retire. That's mind-boggling to me. I mean, he went to Fresno State. Is that just home? Does he not want to leave? They're in Vegas now. I know. I'm just thinking he's in that area of the country. I'm trying to think what the logic is. Like, if if next year – let's say you have a pretty good year. Defense is the worst in the league. They win five or six games, and they're going to take Rattler or one of these type of quarterbacks coming out next year, and he's on the block, which all those things are very possible. Steelers say, we'll give you a second-round pick for Carr. Is he going to be like, no, I'd rather stay here? I don't want you to Pittsburgh, yeah. Right. I mean, there's a lot better situations than the one you're in. I, Maybe I just don't doesn't want to be traded. To, nobody wants to be traded to the Jets. That's a, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there's some spots nobody wants to go, but 
I don't know. I, I mean, if I were him, I'd say there's plenty of teams I could go be the quarterback of. You know? Yeah, I mean, maybe he's just banging the drum at this point because he doesn't want it to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't have phrased it that way. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't make you look so good to your next employer, and he's pretty good. But that's you one know? now that any team, let's say, that does come to fruition, the, the, the Raiders are right, ready right, to right. move on. He's on the block. Well, now you're going to have to have – your agent's going to have to reach out to teams and say, hey, he was just – He's not going to retire. Yeah, he's not right. going to retire. Yeah, don't give up a first or second round pick. Because now all of a sudden the Raiders are going, oh, man. Right. <laughs> like, we're the cards in your hand just yeah. got a lot weaker. Yeah, it's kind of right. like the Deshaun Watson situation where, you know. Right. We had a, we had an ace that got torn in half, and now you we can't use it. Half. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, interesting. It's crazy. Uh, we will be back again, however, tomorrow. Uh, you can get wall-to-wall -wall coverage here from Steelers uh, Minicamp, uh, starting off with uh, – uh, at 11 o'clock, I believe, with uh, with uh, oh yeah 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 three with, different shows though, with right? Tom and uh, Jacob, and then uh, rolling into uh, Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats, and then us finishing up with cleanup hitters as us here <laughs> on the drive. Yep. Uh, but for my partner Matt Williamson, uh, I'm Dale Lolly. We also want to thank Bob Labriola for stopping by, and we want to thank you for listening to this edition of the Drive on Steelers Nation Radio and ESPN 970. <laughs>